Hi, everyone, and welcome to Debatable, the podcast breaking down controversial topics, unpopular opinions, and social issues one conversation at a time. You are hosted by Crystal Andrews. That's me, writer, author, and founder of ZFeed. So if you want to know more about who the hell I am, what ZFeed is, and what this podcast is all about, press pause on this, go back and listen to the trailer episode, which will answer all of your questions. And then you can come back to this conversation I'm about to get stuck into with the amazing Sianna Cantullo from Clothing the Gap. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about today. Sienna is the creative chief creative officer, sorry, at Clothing the Gap, which on the surface, I guess people might just be thinking this is a clothing brand and they do cool tees and sweaters and merch. Um, but for those who are not familiar, it is much, much more than that. And I love Clothing the Gap because it really is bringing social purpose to business. Um, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about Clothing the Gap um, and what you guys do yeah cool so it's funny how you said we're so much more than that because there's only there's only a team of four of us as well and I think the brand has outgrown not outgrown us but it's gotten so much bigger than what we're capable of right now so it's been crazy times recently um you're punching above your way punch above <laughs> our weight but we're getting there so um ain't being able to hire new people right now which is cool but anyway I'll tell you the about it so um yeah, I'm Sienna Catullo. I'm a proud Narunga woman. My mob is from um, South Australia, Adelaide Way. Um, and I'm the Chief Creative Officer of Clothe in the Gap. So Clothe in the Gap is a social enterprise. Um, it's an Aboriginal-owned and Aboriginal-led social enterprise. And 100% of our profits go back into Aboriginal health and education programs that we started running um, throughout Victoria but when COVID hit we saw the power that you know technology has and now we're able to run these programs out um, nationally all over Australia um, we've been doing that online for the past couple months um, so yeah it's been really cool we sort of started we're all health professionals here so there's four of us behind the brand um, and we've all got public health backgrounds we started Clothing the Gap as a way for um we always ran programs and we always made merch um, for as incentives to get people to come to our programs. And then we realised that there were so many more people that wanted Aboriginal design clothing. So we're like, what would this look like if, you know, we extended it and started an online shop and sold to a bigger audience? So we did that. We It was called Spark Merch at the start and it was very a bit like nothing. Um <laughs> It was tiny. We didn't think anything of it. We're just like, you know, we just want Aboriginal people to be able to embrace their identity and their pride through Aboriginal clothing. So we're just going to make it for people. Um, and after that, we sort of saw that the um, we saw an area where there was non-Indigenous people wanting to celebrate Aboriginal culture and support Aboriginal people, and 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 there was a, they didn't feel like they were allowed to wear our stuff and they didn't feel comfortable. So there was this space here where non-Indigenous people wanted to do something but didn't know how to do it. So we're like, Clothing the Gap can be that brand for, you know, for Indigenous people to wear wear their clothes with pride, but for non-Indigenous people to um, feel comfortable celebrating Aboriginal culture and learning about Aboriginal culture through our clothes as well. So that's where it started. Um, 
it was, yeah, something like I said, it was so tiny. It was outside little project because we were still running health programs and it hasn't been to the, the past year. It's just grown massively, um, which is really cool because now we're getting to be able to employ more Aboriginal people and employ more yeah, people in the space, right. um, which is cool. Yeah, I love that because it's it's a way of, I suppose, people, you know, you touched on non-Aboriginal people who still want to show their support and where where literally where their values and their yeah. beliefs like it's an it's a way that they can do that and mm-hmm. then also kind of give their money to causes that they want to support and kind of get something fun and cool in return mm-hmm. which um which is dovetails very nicely to the conversation that we are going to dive into um, which as I say it's a very big one we're going to try and pull apart the idea of conscious consumerism Mm -hmm. in a tidy little chat Um, (laughs) but I'll start by setting up with a little bit of context first Um, so I mean for everybody listening the first six months of 2020 undeniably have just been absolutely world changing but also I think worldview changing mm-hmm. um, for individuals and one of the areas that I've really noticed people waking up to is how the money that we spend can have more of an impact than we actually realize. Um, so in 2020 I guess we started out in Australia suffering one of the most destructive and longest bushfire seasons on record and I guess that's when like for me I really noticed people starting to connect the dots between okay, like if I spend more with small businesses that have been affected in these areas, that can be really helpful to those areas. And that's a way to kind of continue to support and give back. Um, So that's where I kind of saw it starting. And then coronavirus hit, the economy got absolutely battered. Mm -hmm. And then we saw this shift into, okay, well, now I'll, I'll spend with Australian businesses. And that means I'm helping to keep people in jobs in Australia. I'm helping the economy to survive, helping all of us make it through. So that seems again, like it's a good thing and we're being primed to make this connection between spending money and directly helping the person who owns that business. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I guess 2020 levelled up in mayhem again and now we're um, at a moment of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter really having a lot of energy behind it, which I want to get to that in a little bit. But first – Before that, we kind of hit this smaller story that was mostly confined to the fashion world that really changed things. Are you familiar with the um, Sporty and Rich controversy that exploded? Um, I looked it up after you sort of said something about it, but it's been something that I've been talking about a lot recently and not having a brand specifically to use an example, but it's... um, yeah, after reading the Sporty and Rich thing, I'm like, yes, this is what I've been talking about for so long because, you know, they're not the only ones that do that um no absolutely most brands that probably do things like this um and it's good that there's conversations around it now yeah so I'll do a very quick recap for listeners who don't know because this was yeah it was quite confined to kind of like the Instagram fashion world Mm -hmm. um but there was a very trendy well there is a very trendy fashion brand called Sporty and Rich and it sells kind of like 90s style Princess Diana athleisure with tongue-in-cheek slogans on them and it's kind of gross but anyway (laughs) the brand got super popular with the Instagram fashion style set um, but then some very classist racist and just very much privileged and out-of-touch comments that were made by the founder of the brand Emily Oberg on a podcast that got unearthed Mm -hmm. and once it got out everyone was kind of cancelling this 
brand because they suddenly realized that the person who they were giving their money to effectively by buying her products was not the kind of person that they wanted to support. Mm-hmm. And you're so right in saying that's just one example mm-hmm. of what a lot of brands do, but it raises the question of when we spend our money, who are we actually funding and who are we actually supporting? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the first question I have for you is like, how often do people reach out to clothing the gap with questions and asking for information about who's behind it or like asking for information about the programs that you support? Yeah. Um, we're, I don't think we've realized this, but we're really good at social media and I think we do all these things, not thinking, um, the benefit that it's having, but it ends up working really well for us. It's like we actually don't get that question often. And the reason is, is because we are so transparent behind the brand. Like we are always videoing ourselves um, behind the brand. People get to know us personally just by our videos and the things that we we share. So um, I think from the very beginning, we've been so transparent about who is behind the brand, um, our purpose of why the brand exists and and where our our values lie um a funny example of like what we did today was Laura was wearing a big puffer coat today and she ripped the zip and she couldn't zip she couldn't take the jacket off because the zip was broken so she was sort of stuck and like that's something that we just put on our Instagram for our followers to see and it's like we're not pushing product we're not doing anything but like it's a dorky thing that Laura's done and it sort of shows a bit like her personality and who she is as a person um and I think it's worked really, really well for us because it's made us really relatable to a lot of people. Like there's not many that we know of other brands out there that you know who the people are behind that brand. And it might be because we're small, so there's only four of us, so there's only four people to video. We're bigger brands they have got hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that's worked really well for us. And like I said, we didn't do it on purpose. It's just who we are and we like sharing who we are. Um, but it's given us a really um, loyal following um, where people, they don't just like, they don't just follow us because they like our clothes, but they like the people behind the brand. And that's why they continue to follow us and support us and share our stuff and buy our stuff. Mm. Um even with our programs as well, the programs that we go out and run that they support, um, we've got an Instagram page. So all our programs are run through Spark Health. Um, and Spark Health, again, we're very active on Instagram. We're continuously sharing our stories. As soon as as soon as soon a program happens, you know, we, we make sure everyone signs a permission form for us to take photos of. And, you know, we're, we're always videoing and taking photos. And the purpose of that was so people get an insight of what our programs look like. So for the the beginning it was for Aboriginal people to see our programs and want to be a part of it and then they'd be able to come to our programs um and now seeing as though it's a clothing brand and it's funding those programs it's you get to see what um you are funding and what your program's going to what the money's going towards and sort of being on this journey with us which I think is really really nice which makes it easy to then say hey like I'm happy with where I'm happy to buy from this brand Mm -hmm. because I know who this is going to. Um, I mean, is that something that when you're, when you are, you know, making purchases and when you're shopping for yourself, do you kind of find yourself looking for the same things, like seeing if you can find out who is behind a brand beyond just like what their product is? Yeah, I try to support locally um, and Melbourne 
local as well. So I do do a bit more research now into the brands I follow and I still want to know what their values are and what their purpose is for existing because existing just to sell clothes and make clothes isn't enough now. Um, you need to do more than that, especially as an environmental thing as well. It's like mass producing. It's like what's their purpose behind mass producing besides just pushing product? Um, so there's brands that I I faithfully follow and buy from. Is Homey Streetwear is one. Um, they're a Melbourne brand. They're also a social enterprise. 100% of their profits support um young people going through homelessness or hardship and they put them through training programs and yeah there's a lot of transparency there you see it so you feel you feel good about following that and you want to purchase from them because you know what it's going towards another brand that I like um it's American brand it's called Change um and they're all their t-shirts have got like a political statement um and right now they've done a lot of merch for Black Lives Matter and 100% of their profits are all being donated um so that's what I look for when I'm shopping is the bigger purpose behind making a T-shirt. Um, it's It's got to be more. It's got to be more. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like if it's just about a T-shirt or a beanie or a dress, right, like you can make, you can get that from almost anywhere. Exactly. So the way I kind of think about it is like if I'm going to spend the money anyway, I want to know that it's doing more than just that every dollar is doing a little bit more than just like putting me in a new dress yeah, or putting me in like a new pair of jeans, which is, it's almost like you need a a reason to kind of like cull down your short list of things that you could possibly buy in the world Mm -hmm. to things that might actually make the world a better place. And I, I do kind of feel like people, the sporty and rich thing, I guess, proved to me that once people know the true, like who is actually making money off the brand Mm -hmm. they have a real opinion about it yeah but if someone hadn't done that research for them like consumers are kind of only just realizing that they got to do the research Mm -hmm. because otherwise they're just blindly buying stuff and assuming that everyone's good Mm -hmm. and I think that's the power behind social media as well now is that you can find those sort of stuff out through their social media because you can ask those questions and there's um more opportunity for you to find like there's more opportunity to learn more about a brand because it's not just a website anymore there's the Instagram pages and there's I don't know some of them have TikToks now um so you can sort of have a real sense of who they are um and where their values lie do you think that you've noticed like people becoming more curious about you because they found you through clothing the gap like people are kind of doing that extra layer of digging yeah it's it's um um, yes they have and it's been stressing me out Um, (laughs) just because like I it's not that I like hiding behind clothing the gap but you know clothing the gap's clothing the gap um so there's sort of a sense of security there but yeah somehow some people have found out or it's not hard to find out with the people behind the brand because we're videoing ourselves all the time but now people they like the brand so much that they want to know the people behind it a bit more so um yeah I've got it a bit more attention lately and at the start I was like I don't know how I feel about this because now there's this just like responsibility that I have and a, a, like I feel obliged to um do more especially people after the Black Lives Matter thing come out people wanting to learn more about Aboriginal culture and and trying to find those accounts and those brands and those people to follow to learn more um and 
they think I'm one of those people to do that, um, and which is cool because I'm really passionate about that. And you know, that's why we started Clone the Gap was to educate people about Aboriginal culture and and mm-hmm. um, sort of challenge the stereotypes. Um, but yeah, now that they're following my personal account now, I'm like I feel um, a huge sense of responsibility. Um, so yeah, I, I had a bit of a mental breakdown over that for a little bit, but I think I've just I'm going to own it now, and that's something that I want to do anyway. So I guess there is a risk, right? Because when you yeah. put yourself, you know, as you, as you say for clothing the gap, like you guys really put yourself in the content, mm-hmm. you put yourself in the socials so people can easily kind of, mm-hmm. you know, find your personal accounts and things like that. But then I suppose there's a risk, as you say, with all of that extra attention. I'm so worried that if I say the wrong, not the wrong thing, but if I stuff up mm. genuinely, like make a bad mistake, mm. that people would then hold it against, you know, all of the things that I've done with Zfeed, mm. which maybe that is like rightly so, but the more visible you become, the more risky it is because you're putting your values and the brand's values kind of in that same space. So I understand why some brands don't want to do that. Yeah. But I think that personally, I think that they should because I like to know who I'm giving my money to. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I like probably a good opportunity for us to now draw Black Lives Matter into this conversation too mm-hmm. because, that, as I said, it just changed everything again mm-hmm. um I'm sure everyone who's listening is again very well aware um but the end of May an unarmed black man George Floyd was murdered in broad daylight by a police officer in the United States and that just drove the Black Lives Matter movement into a whole other gear both in the states and globally which I have honestly never seen anything ramp up like that in my life ever before mm-hmm. um And from a consumer perspective, I was starting to see people like dig deeper into brands, exactly as you were saying, and almost like exposing or revealing the fact that there was racist discrimination in the businesses of their favorite brands, or that some of the really big brands have actually got investors or board members who are making significant financial donations to Donald Trump's campaigns and the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. So um, a good example of that is Estee Lauder who got called out because Ronald Lauder, who is like this the old patriarch of the Lauder family, he still sits on the board and he's a longtime Republican supporter. He's donated loads of money to Republican campaigns and Trump's campaigns. Um, and so then staff at Estee Lauder wrote an open letter asking him to be removed because they didn't want to support his support of a party that they didn't believe in. Um, another example is Stephen Ross, who is a massive investor in lots of different companies um, and another big-time Trump supporter. So you kind of you could see people starting to question, so hang on, if I spend my money on a SoulCycle membership, which helps SoulCycle succeed, and that success puts money back into Stephen Ross's pocket mm-hmm. and he uses his money to support Donald Trump, am I therefore supporting Donald Trump by going to a Soul Cycle class? Mm-hmm. Um, and like people were kind of discovering how spending with certain places was indirectly propping up these the racist systems that exist in a capitalist society. There's a yeah. lot going on there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The, the first question that I kind of wanted to flesh out is like, do we think that consumers have a right to know what the brands 
directly or indirectly support and like how far does it go and it comes back like to a trust thing it's like who do you trust these Mm, days exactly Um, like oh I've been talking like I like I said Crystal I'm so glad that you asked me about these questions because it's something that I've been talking about non-stop lately and thinking about non-stop lately is there's this massive push now that you know you can't just be not racist anymore you have to be Mm anti-racist and you have to truly believe that in like yourself to go and do that and there's this little photo I saw about like you know to stop racism or um to be anti-racist you have to believe it in yourself and then you need to educate it in your home and then you need to go out into the world and and spread the word and educate educate it in the world but it starts with your core and I use that as an example when I'm looking at brands and brands are like we've got to we've got to do something about it it's like do these align with your values and your purpose at all because it starts with you and then it starts in your business mm-hmm. we've had so many brands hit us up lately being like we want to work with you um because of the black lives matter stuff and we're like okay is this going to be a meaningful relationship and meaningful impact or is this just tokenistic because you feel like you have to do it what proportion like of, of the brands that have reached out, have the majority of them been brands that genuinely have that at the core or have the majority of those requests been brands who are like quickly trying to grab a quick fix? Yeah, everyone's trying to grab, like after the anti-racist stuff that's come up, everyone, and there's this thing like you can't be quiet anymore. Silence is, what's the same? Silence is violence. Silence, Silence is, is violence. Complicit. So everyone feels like they need to speak up. And so everyone's posting about it on Instagram right now. So brands are like, we have to post about it because everyone's posting about it. But my thing is if you don't know enough or you you don't it don't doesn't actually align with your values, don't post about it. Like brands now are being like, we've got to talk about Black Lives Matter. So we're gonna do that by we're gonna get a mo- a brown model or a black model post about <laughs> a post about Black Lives Matter speak about standing in solidarity and then I'm like and props to you okay you want to speak about it now but posting a black model isn't standing in solidarity and it's not actually making an impact you're just posting a black model on the on your social media page and it's like it's because they're doing that to yeah to get the dollar exactly that's why why to get the dollar are you doing it because you want to make a meaningful impact or are you doing it because it's what you feel like you need to do right now and it's it's tokenistic and it's going to make you guys look good so no let's take a step back we're only going to have relationships or partnerships with people who whose values align with us and that means what does your workplace look like on the inside do you have those colored models I mean do you have those colored people in the workplace and do you have a wrap plan and do you have all these things that you talk about standing in solidarity with them how are you doing that in your within your own workplace you can't tell people to do something that you're not doing yourself. Um, so and I love that because it's also like you will – what we're seeing now is if you just do the public thing, which is like, yeah, you know, post, post a beautiful mm-hmm. model who has a dark skin tone mm-hmm. and say and, – and have some like comment about Black Lives Matter or whatever. Like you can do that thing. Mm-hmm. But because people are now – waking up to doing the research Mm -hmm. if it's not reflected all the way back through your business exactly you're going to get caught out 
And like people, it's not a good strategy. And that's the thing. Like people are smarter than that now. And like when you talk about consumerism and they want to know more who they're purchasing from, so they're going to they're gonna see that like people are smarter than what you lead on. So they're going to do further research into it. So it's like using brown models isn't solidarity and it's not reconciliation and it's not the action piece that you want. It's tokenism and action piece and solidarity is when you have coloured people working in the space who are part of the decision-making and who can actually make the meaningful impact and consumers are going to look for that. Or even like have a, a genuine relationship with that community. Yeah, 100%. Especially like, you know, with very small businesses, you know, for example, Z-Feed, like this is a little business that I'm running. I'm just one person. So I don't obviously necessarily have those people within my business or within my decision making. Mm -hmm. But what I can do before I start publicly making statements, I can make sure that I have a genuine relationship with the community that I want to make a statement about. A hundred percent. Otherwise, it's just not genuine and people will figure it out. And what we're seeing now is when people figure it out, they go, great, like I know where to not spend my money now. Like I'll take it elsewhere. I'll take it to a brand that is that has been on this journey the whole time. Like Ben & Jerry's is a good example because um, I don't know if you've seen the memes going around. Uh-huh. Like, Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, Ben & Jerry's just does not give a shit. <laughs> they they um, really have pioneered that space of making sure that they have amazing representation all of the way through their business Mm -hmm. and also have advocated for different causes for a really long time so now in this moment that we're in it's like when I'm going to choose my ice cream to have for a dessert maybe I will spend a bit more on Ben and Jerry's it is expensive but maybe it's worth it because maybe I'm actually helping by making a small decision about dessert when if I spent with someone else like it's not actually doing any good and I think a lot of brands as well, like Ben & Jerry's has hit it like they've done so well with that. And brands are now, so brands have come out and said, we're pledging to do better and we're standing in solidarity. So people have, have seen that and now people are going to look for that. They're going to look mm. for your action piece and what you do next. And it's like what you said about how you're only one person and it's, it's if you don't have the people in your in your space or in your workplace, then who do you partner with to get that Mm -hmm. diversity and to get that education piece from? Um, I use like Homie as a perfect example, Um, Homie Streetwear. We've had a partnership with them for a a while now. They were the first um, brand to sort of come along and do a Free the Flag, join the Free the Flag campaign and do some work with us with the Free the Flag. And they're two guys, two white guys, and the people in their workplace, they're only a small team. I think there's like five of them. And the people in their workplace, they're all white. But what's different is that they make meaningful partnerships that they're not going to capitalise off. Like when they did a partnership with us, we did a bucket hat and we got 100% of those profits because they actually want to have a meaningful impact and do something that they're not going to capitalise off. And as soon as all these Black Lives Matter things come up and he hits the homie hit me up again and they're like, you know, we're we're really genuine about this partnership and really want to learn more and do more. How does that how does that look? That doesn't benefit them at all. Is only benefiting us, but not benefiting them in a monetary value way. It's benefiting them in an educational way, but benefiting us in the monetary way. So it's like you know your your information and your experiences 
cost money. Like we're not yeah, going to expect that for free. Exactly. So they're like, you teach us by just working together and in return, you know, we get profits of all the stuff that we do together or, you know, they've just started a creative business and now they're doing all our show, photo shoots and video shoots for free. And in return, we sort of just involve them in our campaigns and teach them why our campaigns exist. And they're such a good example of, you know, you don't have the diversity in your workplace, but how do we still learn more by creating these these meaningful relationships and partnerships with people? Yeah, I love that because it's like it doesn't matter if there's always a way to do it. There's all, yeah. Like there is no obstacle. Exactly. Like no matter how small you are, like, all right, well, partner with someone, work with more people. And like what you're doing, Crystal, there's only one of you, but you're platforming black voices and diverse voices because you want those people to be heard. Um, these are all meaningful things that people are doing um, and not just posting a photo of a bloody brown person or what's even worse than posting a photo of a brown person is posting a black square oh don't get me started on the black squares I was furious for like two days and they're they're talking about I'm standing in solidarity it's like you're not doing anything for one you're just flooding flooding a news feed that we're we work so hard on putting out educational resources for people that we so people can learn and you can't even find it because all you see is black square and then you talk about this silence is violence stuff. I feel like that was a perfect example of silence. Um, it was so silencing. I, I saw a really great comment somewhere that um, somebody had made the point of like, would have been great if you guys had taken these black squares and gone into white supremacist spaces and flooded their feeds, mm-hmm. not, our, not ours, because 100%. we're the ones who are trying to actually like spread more information and do the educating. But gosh, honestly, that's like a whole other podcast. Yeah. I could do just the <laughs> damn black square. But one interesting thing I do think the black square helped in a way I saw loads, like anyone who posts, any businesses that were posting the black square or posting like these statements in solidarity and then the former and current employees like come out in the comments and they were like, well, actually funny you're posting this because yeah. and then expose all of this awful yeah. racial discrimination that was going on within these businesses. And it just like every, it was almost every hour I was like finding out about a new brand that was being exposed because of the awesome. black square. <laughs> Well, that's one good thing about this black square thing then. it's That's awesome. I thought of a challenge like when the black square thing came out and then all these brands were hitting up saying, we want to do something. And then I'm like, all right, you can do something with us now, but what are you going to do with us next year? They're like, no, 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 we just want to do something now. I was like, no. So in the mix of the black square and the brands being tokenistic and all this anger in my head, I came up with, I'm like, what if I did a challenge? Like, and we platformed this one what if we did a challenge and for the next month the only people that you were allowed to post and the only models that you were allowed to use are the people in your leadership positions and the people in your workplace and in managerial roles how comfortable do you then feel speaking out about inclusivity and diversity and black lives matter and you know all of this the hot topic right now how comfortable do you feel if that was a challenge and you were only allowed to post your workplace or your partnerships. Um, Spicy. I love that. I was just like, oh, I was like thinking about it. I'm like, I'm going to make it happen. And then we've just been drowning in orders. I haven't made it happen. (laughs) But I've seen heaps of people and it's probably, it might be because of the Black Square Crystal about, you know, 
all these brands now coming out with this is this was their solidarity post but these are the board members and this board member has a history of this and this and I've seen heaps of that happen so I think a lot of companies thought they were being like strategic and they're going to capitalize off this black lives matter thing but um for a lot of them it's bit them in the bum because it's been an opportunity to expose people which I'm sure a lot of people have wanted to expose them for a long time and didn't know how and this whole thing that's happening now and these brands posting a black square has been a perfect opportunity to do that yeah I'm here for it I I think I mean the future of brands I really think is trying to find a more cohesive way of aligning product slash profit and purpose Um, and there's like lots of actually very interesting research that kind of shows Gen Z uh, really see the value in brands for creating change like more so than political parties more so than governments they see brands as being able to create real change which I actually think is a really positive thing because it's it's like well yeah they're they're saying that you're powerful like Mm -hmm. they're saying that you can do something and that they will support brands who do things that they believe in um and it's just more about like from the consumer side okay how do we like get smarter about finding out the information about finding who's really running you know these brands and these companies how do we hold on to this energy because I am really worried that in a month's time or maybe even you know three months time like will people still care about everything that was revealed yeah in the past three weeks I don't know I think with I think now is a perfect opportunity for people to learn and like that's why we're really passionate about you know we're not even trying to push merch anymore we're just trying to push out information and resources and that's so people can learn because I can't blame a lot of people for being not racist because it's ignorance and I can't blame people for being ignorant because they're not learnt these things and you know what I mean? Like it's not taught in schools and it's not, you're not, it's not seen in the media. So how do you know what's happening when you're living in your own little bubble of privilege? Um, so I hope, you know, what's happened, there's been so much more stories that have been shared and resources and information and people's experience speaking out. I hope people take those and really try to educate themselves and, you know, the next generation is awesome. Like Gen Z is awesome. I read a book um, called Good is the New Cool. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't, but that one sounds of, like one to add to my list. So it's called Good is the New Cool, Market Like You Give a Damn. So the people who wrote the book are marketing experts and they're saying you can't just – people's Gen Z is smarter than that now. You can't just buy people to try to um, to try to – persuade them to buy stuff or what's the word when you like convince them manipulate Mm. like sort of manipulate them to thinking something good they're smarter than that now and you actually have to there has to be good behind it and there has to be a purpose behind it for people to buy into it now because advertising companies you know we've got things like you can skip ads now on instagram and no one's watching tv commercials anymore because you've got foxtel we can fast forward it or you can just skip it online later so it's really or hard Netflix to where you don't even have ads. You don't even have ads, no. So you have to market now about things that people actually want to see instead of just trying to like show something and persuade people that it's cool. Um, 
and I read up about in the book it talks about Gen Z and, you know, money, monetary value isn't enough anymore. Um, they have to, like, to, to have a job. The job has to be something that they actually enjoy doing and they actually, um, that aligns with their values now. So I'm hoping because that's what the next generation is like, that they're going to work in places where that aligns with their values and that's more transparent. So when those kind of people work in these spaces now that align with their values, I don't know, there's just going to be a lot more good happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. It's like let's move the people up the chain. Um, you know, I'm not saying a 17-year-old right now doesn't need to be the CEO of Estee Lauder. (laughs) And it will move up the change and hopefully the alignment of social good Mm -hmm. or having a real brand mission and brand statement that is about more than just making money Mm -hmm. will become more of the norm rather than like a unique thing that some brands do and some brands don't. Because I definitely like on a personal I guess on a personal level, like a couple of years ago, I made a commitment to myself that I would only buy new clothing if I could like kind of confirm or vet what efforts that clothing brand was making in like environmental sustainability. Mm -hmm. Um, And I honestly like have really stuck to that for two years and I've been very good. And doing the research in that is really hard because Mm -hmm. people aren't very transparent about it, Mm -hmm. but it also does stop you spending as much money. So it's kind of a Mm (laughs) win-win. But um, (laughs) before now, I really had never thought about the other values that I would say I believe in. So I'd never thought about whether I was spending enough money with Black-owned or Aboriginal-owned or person-of-colour-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. And then for the big brands, I never really thought about do they have political alignments or do they mm-hmm. have a lobbying interest? Like, and I think that's really changed for me this month and everything that's happened has really changed that for me genuinely as something that I want to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, there is research that say that people will pay more for brands that are sustainable or environmentally friendly or like whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that this means that we will now also pay more for brands that have all of these other core values as well. Like we will pay more for a T-shirt from Clothing the Gap mm-hmm. than we will from like Kmart. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that's yeah. the trend continues in that direction. Yeah. Um, I suppose the nature of these um, podcast episodes and these discussions is that the topics are really big and there's not always like a clean answer to land on. Um, In (laughs) fact, there's almost never an answer. (laughs) But if we can try to end on a more practical takeaway, what I'd love to know from you is what advice would you give to people who want to try and make more impactful purchasing decisions? Like how do they – Clothing the Gap is so transparent, Mm -hmm. but, like, is there any kind of tips or advice for them to take to other brands that aren't as transparent? Well, like, for brands, I think that's what brands need to start being is more transparent to get more people wanting to buy from them, um, that they can see their values. But for people to take away from this is do your research um like technology the internet's there all the information is there now it's just you have to find it um so you know when you like a brand do some research into you know if they if they are 
um, ethical or environmentally friendly? Is it made locally? One thing to take take out of today and what I want people to do when they want to buy from people is find your three words. I've done it in my house right now. Is right, If you had to brand yourself with what you wanted to wear in three words, what would it be? And then from now on when you shop, shop with those three words. So for me it was edgy, quality and minimal. So from now on all the brands that I go on to, I make sure they're good quality, I make sure they're ethical, I make sure they're environmentally friendly. Edgy in the sense that I think clothing the gap's edgy because we'll stand up for ourselves and make a point of something. Um, and we're not scared to have a voice. And there's other brands out there that will use their voice as well. So support those brands that if they align with your values. And minimal is just so I stop shopping so much and have less clothes. <laughs> that is the best piece of advice. I can't believe I've never heard that oh, before. Been... And I've worked in like, oh my gosh, I've worked in so many media, and like fashion kind of businesses. And nobody's ever said this your, to me. Yeah, get your three words right because they're your values. And then align yourself with other people who have the same values so find your three words and then find those brands that fit those three words that's golden what would mine be yeah, i would say right now <laughs> mine would probably be class if it, if we're talking about clothing mm-hmm. it's classic low impact mm-hmm. and hmm, maybe lazy <laughs> is the yeah, last comfortable that was easy yeah. maybe not lazy easy yeah classic low impact and easy and i have kind of I think that I've done a lot of very intentional shopping and intentional consuming and I very rarely buy things on a whim so I can really like take that time to make sure that everything that I buy fits those three pillars. Um, But I'd love to extend that to other areas of my life as well. Like beauty is a big one that I'm really going to spend some time getting stuck into like looking at the brands that I Mm -hmm. use and what do they actually do? Because this stuff with Estee Lauder just like blew my mind. When you showed me that, I was just like, you can't trust anyone these days. It's And you it's do nice. have to. That's like that's why I don't stress the importance of doing your research behind brands and people because do you want to align yourself with that? Because like you are what you wear almost. So, you know, support those people who support you pretty much. And I think to add to that as well, like, you know, those by picking three words, it makes it easy. It's like, okay, no one's saying that you have to personally like solve every single problem and put all of your time and energy on every single thing out there because then we would just get too overwhelmed and you can't really make a difference if you're overwhelmed. But if you just focus on a couple of key things, Mm -hmm. you can be good at, you know, you can get good at those three things and actually make a difference. Like don't try to do everything yeah, at once you'll kill yourself that's what we're trying to do right now <laughs> we're burning out but yeah well thank you so much for giving me your time today for that amazing little nugget of advice and just generally for being a brand that I really do feel like I can trust and that people out there can trust. So big recommendation for Clothing the Gap if you're in the market for a new comfy tea. Thank you, Crystal. And thank you thank you for giving me this opportunity to word vomit all this stuff that's been in my brain for the past <laughs> couple of weeks that's just been making my head go absolutely red because it's all I want to talk about and finding people that want to listen <laughs> to me. Mm, yes, and 
to everyone listening on that note, if you've also been thinking about what brands owe us and what it means to really be a conscious consumer, this podcast is all about having a conversation, having a dialogue and talking about bigger topics. So my DMs are always open or alternatively, you can send an email to hey at zfeed.com.au. I promise I read every single one and I'll end with a request. If you think the world needs more discussion about the stuff that matters, please consider sharing Debatable with a friend, subscribing to the podcast, and just keep talking about it all. We want to change the world one conversation at a time.